0: Hey, what's up everybody? Harrison Van Riper here back with another episode of Shadow Talk, Digital Shadows Threat Intelligence Podcast. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode this week, um, but joining me on the line working remotely is Alex Giracu. Alex, how are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Pretty good. And Rick Holland, our CISO. How are you, Rick? I'm good. Um so yeah, so we are working remote. So uh bear with any uh technical slash audio things that might pop up.
2: But um J- just as you say this, Harrison, my office door swing open <laughs> and a seven-year-old peers in.
0: <laughs> so okay, perfect example. Um so obviously, we're all working remotely uh, now, because as most people will know, or if not everybody knows by now, uh, coronavirus or COVID-19 is uh, upon us. You know, it's a obviously a very big deal uh, throughout the globe. Um, we know that there's so much kind of going on right now in people's lives and things are changing. Um, you know, we're, again, we're moving to different ways of work. And uh, we wanted to give our listeners an update to the types of Uh, cyber criminal activity that we've been observing. So this isn't an episode that's necessarily about the virus. You know, we're not going to really talk about anything like spreading or anything like that. Uh, It's just more about how cyber crime really reacts to situations like these. I mean, we've seen, you know, in in natural disasters, we see cyber crime, um, just for example, phishing, we see that come up a whole lot. Um, So that's kind of the topic that we wanted to dive into today. So um, you know, that being said, we we have put out a couple different blogs this week about the topic, so we wanted to give a rundown of our findings. So, so Alex, you wrote both of those blogs. Um, let's start off with kind of the initial reactions that we observed, um, you know, throughout the kind of criminal landscape. Obviously, you know, coronavirus has been with us now for a few months. So what kinds of discussions are kind of taking place right now in the dark web and and, you know, other... Uh, criminal outposts and things of that nature.
1: I mean, right now, uh, it's pretty much taken the dark web by storm, just as discussions are on, you know, websites that we visit in our day-to-day lives, right? It seems like this has taken over every part of our lives, including the internet and um, the dark web and other cybercriminal platforms and such isn't really any different. If you go on any of the popular ones, you'll still see right there on the front page um, multiple discussions about uh, coronavirus. So one of the first things I did for the most recent blog was I had a look at Google trends just to, to look at a graph that ranks the popularity of coronavirus related search terms, um, say over the past three months. And since about the middle of February, there's a, a huge spike that's that's peaked right around now, um, and what we did was uh, with Digital shadow Shadow Search. I did you know the same kind of thing, but only on dark web sources. Sadly, there's not really a Google Trends variant for a uh, onion domain, so we had to we had to make do with what we had. And I found that it pretty much aligned with the popularity of coronavirus related terms on uh, Google searches. And there's generally a spike around you know February 17 or such.
0: Yeah, there's an interesting um, kind of comparison there within the blog kind of overlaying the two searches on top of each other and and kind of showing how each one has progressed over the last uh, few months. Um, you know, I mean, kind of diving into the data specifically, you know, what are some of the types of discussions that you saw uh, taking place? Right. I mean, we have, we have a few examples within the blog itself, but, um, you know, like what, what, what are people actually talking about, about it?
1: I mean, it's a little bit weird and it's not really what I expected, but honestly, a lot of the talks uh, about coronavirus on, say, dark web or what are normally cybercriminal platforms have been pretty non-criminal. There was one example where uh, this person said that they were in Germany and their partner was in Spain talking about how the lockdown was affecting them. And that's not really something that you see too much on uh, what is normally cybercriminal platforms. And I mean, other posts were talking about solidarity for people in uh, places like Italy where... where the the effects have been pretty, uh, pretty shocking. And I mean, there are even some threads where people are saying, you know, make sure that you take care of your, your parents or those who are at risk of being affected by the virus. And it's, it's pretty heavy stuff to be honest.
0: It's definitely something that's weighing on, you know, a whole lot of people's minds. Um, Especially you mentioned Italy specifically, you know, just constant news kind of coming out of that. It's not something that is uh, you know, it definitely affects a whole lot of different people. Um, I I think though, interestingly, it does go back to, um, you know, a previous white paper that we had put out, which was all about the cyber criminal community. Right. I mean, it's, this is an example of that. I think it shows that a lot of these people are still people and they, you know, they have this community that they've built up and that they're a part of and, um, you know, they communicate with each other and want to make sure everybody's kind of on the same page and, um, you know, being safe, I guess, for, for certain, for certain things. So um, it's interesting in that sense.
1: Yeah. It seems like it's honestly puts the whole world on a little bit of a pause and the cyber criminal community isn't really uh, exempt from that.
2: Right. One thing that is very different with this circumstance is, and we'll talk about it a little bit, uh, cyber criminals, social engineering attacks and things like that. Often they're regional it's okay uh it's the olympics oh it's the uh nba uh finals um it's world cup uh but this is an event that truly touches everyone across the planet represents a lot of opportunity and a lot of targets uh for the cyber criminals to go after
0: so i mean to that to that point rick you know that that is kind of some of the more positive stuff that we just talked about but then you know going back into the social engineering and the phishing aspects of it you know Alex, you did another blog, kind of on that topic specifically. Um, there is still a lot of that activity going on uh, within other uh, cybercrime marketplaces and forums and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, especially um, towards you know going back a couple of months when the when the virus first started, you know, becoming popular in the media and uh, governments were were starting to take um, some action. Back then. Um, I think the first reactions were a lot of people were saying, hey, let's let's try and take advantage of this. And you had a lot of reports about people were impersonating, you know, authoritative figures like the CDC or the WHO um, to distribute phishing emails and, you know, malicious documents uh, with lures saying, hey, click here to find this map that shows infections near you. And that kind of stuff is still going on, but it's interesting to see how, uh, how that's developed ever since it's become uh, kind of this permeating issue that it is now. And another thing that I saw was on dark web marketplaces that are typically used for, you know, the sale of of drugs or other illicit items were that people were starting to sell medical equipment. So things like masks um, and face masks and and even things like hand sanitizer in bulk, um, kind of going along with this whole uh, stocking up um, thing that's been going on over the past couple of weeks. You know, a lot of things have become hard to find and you still have these people that are trying to capitalize on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, taking advantage of people's um, kind of fear and uncertainty, uh, which we've seen before. But, you know, when you apply it to something like this, it's, it's, it's just extremely unfortunate, I think, you know, that people, people will probably fall victim to um, yeah. <clears throat> whether they be scams or phishing emails or something like that.
2: One of the things that I was uh, thinking about, and I talked to uh, journalists about this earlier, it's almost a double whammy for the elderly you know, the elderly are, you know, the most at risk for complications and, you know, sadly death for COVID-19, but they're also the most at risk, generally speaking, for social engineering attacks. Um, And so you have people that are highly anxious. um, All of us are highly anxious, uh, but that demographic is, is typically you know, targeted by the cyber criminals. I'd say a practical thing that um, I think everyone should do is talk to people in your family that are in that demographic and tell them, you know, be suspicious of every link. Go to sites, you know, Center for Disease Control independently of a link that you get through email or perhaps social media. Um, and really try to educate the, the older folks um, that, that are in our communities and in our families that this is something they need to be on the lookout for, especially with the, the pending um, for the for U.S. And I, this won't be unique to the, to the U.S., but the Treasury Sec- Secretary is working on uh, $3,000 uh, for a family of four is what the, the, the payout is expected to be you know, that's going out to every US citizen. You know, if I'm a cyber criminal, I want to target anyone, I want to do an account takeover on them, I want to get access to their accounts and try to get, get me some of that money. So yeah, I, th- I, just, I think it's a sad thing um, to see, but people need to 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 raise their awareness probably more so than they ever have in the past. Yeah, and if you go back to the uh, FBI IC3 report for
1: last year, I mean, elder fraud was one of the most uh, common types of cybercrime that's, that's been going on.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, to for anybody that doesn't know about that check, it's kind of like a thing that the U.S. government is planning on sending out, you know, some relief funds basically to families and um, those who might be affected uh, from unemployment or, or just need, you know, a little bit of help um, from that sense. Uh, but I mean, if you look, if you apply that same sort of um, thought process to uh, to like a tax, a tax fraud or like somebody who's trying to get into that, uh, that communication between the government and the citizen. Um, we see that all the time. So I I don't see why this would be any, any different, um, from that point of view.
2: One of the things that we were discussing on Slack earlier today is, you know, it's not just in the U S and this will be global as well. It's not just the citizens that are going to get relief, but businesses are going to get bailed out, maybe even nationalized. Um, so you think about what does this mean for business email compromise um you know there's going to be some more funds available to go after airline industry as an example whatever the case may be retail dining that sort of thing so i think we really have a unique um opportunity for cyber criminals to do a lot of bad things and that's unfortunate
0: yeah totally agree so i guess moving on and i mean following on with that point but moving on from the cyber criminal uh blogs that we've published um you know these are some of the things that threat actors are discussing and how they're reacting to the pandemic in general. Um, but, you know, Rick, I wanted to get your take on kind of what are the things on the practitioner side? What are the things on the CISO side, on the organization side? Um, obviously we've moved, you know, you know, a lot of people have, have moved to remote work over the last two weeks, I'd say. I mean, I would say millions and millions of people are moving who, who traditionally have not worked remotely are working remotely now. Um, so, you know, systems and processes that might not have been fully implemented or fully tested out for such a, you know, quick sort of move like that are, are being, you know, put in place. Um, we're kind of past the point of, uh, of planning and more into the oper operational uh, side of things. So, you know, first of all, like, what are some of the basic things that, you know, organizations have in place that, uh, that we might take for granted, uh, kind of in a normal situation, right? That that are actually really important at this this time.
2: Not everyone is aware, but many of our listeners are aware that in addition to running security for Digital Shadows, I also run the IT. So first of all, you know, a special shout out to everybody that's in IT departments, in security departments, and then just general business operations because it's been quite chaotic. Probably less chaotic for companies like Digital Shadows who already embrace remote working um, for someone that's been a traditional brick and mortar shop to have to make this transition in a matter of weeks is, is quite a bit. It, it has been a tumultuous uh, past several weeks, that's for sure. Six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, we were having conversations around business continuity planning and we're no longer in the planning phase. We're in business continuity execution and operations right now. Uh, and I think that's that's really important. This isn't hypothetical. It's not dusting off the old plan um, and making sure that it's right from a tabletop. We're learning on the fly. So I think the, the main thing that people that are involved in the operations and the delivery of their businesses is you have to be flexible. Uh, right now, I think we've been in a large rush across the globe to get remote workforce set up. Once we get time to breathe a little bit, we need to go back and really take a look um, at what we have set up is there things that we can do to, to improve the user experience for our employees? Are there things that we can do to get better visibility and, and uh, security monitoring of this remote workforce as well? And you're also seeing this transition to remote working for a lot of organizations that don't
1: typically do remote work, right? So places like schools or even, you know, preschools and organizations like that, where it's not really ingrained into their culture, you know, this, this work at home. Mentality, So I imagine it's a lot more difficult for those types of organizations than it is for, like you said, Rick, we're we're quite lucky being
2: in the sector that we are, that remote work is quite normal. Yeah, you can imagine what all the schools are trying to do right now is how are we going to set up um, teaching uh, for students remote um, or a, a practical example, which I've talked about on Twitter is, you know, my wife's a therapist and we have a lot of doctors um, out there as well. And some folks were not set up for telemedicine and trying to, to deliver services um, uh, through Zoom and WebEx or through the, the particular platforms that the healthcare providers use. So yeah, there's a, there's a huge rush and there's no question that we've missed things um, from just trying to get people's jobs done to you know risks that we're introducing into the environment. One of the recommendations that I have from a security perspective is to go ahead and conduct, you know, a red team exercise or purple team or whatever color team exercise you have, of what your remote workers look like. Situations will probably be different depending on, you know, regions and and individual setups and th- those sorts of things. But I think you should spend some time trying to figure out how you would go after your high value targets, uh, your executives, uh, people with administrative privileges, those sorts of things. You know, one of the things I I tweeted about. I don't know, a month ago or something like that, is that I thought that uh, coronavirus uh, was going to really increase adoption of zero trust. Uh, It was going to speed the decline or death of the VPN um, as more and more uh, companies adopt SaaS services and things along those lines. Uh, This is going to have some fundamental change to the way that we do business, the way that we keep businesses running, and the way we secure businesses.
0: You bring up the whole SaaS angle. Um, You know and you talk about kind of this mad kind of rush to using kind of third party services like that. And, um, I think you can all, we've seen it or at least I've seen it in a couple instances of, you know, unintentionally, um, basically overloading the system, right? You're stressing out these services that might not have been set up for the massive influx, uh, within a matter of, you know, two weeks, um, of remote work and using the internet to actually connect to um, uh, you know, remote, remote uh, services and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you kind of, I, in my, in my eyes, you kind of take advantage of that um, in, in like a planning stage, because you're like, okay, obviously the internet's going to work, but then what if it doesn't, right? What, what if something goes down? And I think today, just today, or maybe yesterday, but Netflix came out and they were like, please, you know, lower your resolution on streaming videos because we don't want to, um, you know, basically break the internet um which you know that's not something that we would have been talking about uh, uh, just a few weeks ago so moving to a remote workforce it's uh, and and with everything else going on really the, the people's minds are a little bit fried they're a little bit frazzled you know what are some tips that you can give to other uh, organization leaders about keeping up morale and you know mental health awareness and you know check-ins and stuff like that what what can you what kind of advice can you give there
2: The first one is the one I need right now is to get outside. I have been in my office all day long on meetings and calls, and I'm very much looking forward to taking a walk with the kids here in a little bit just to get a breather. Uh, I think setting aside time for yourselves and having your team set aside time uh, for themselves to take a break, to do something with the children, to help with schoolwork, to, to get some fresh air, whatever the case may be to To have a social distance play date if you've got kids uh, that's something that we did yesterday um and maintain the uh six foot uh six to ten foot barrier. I think it's fundamentally we just gotta check in with our teams more you know at digital shadows we're global, so we we're kind of used to this remote cadence as it is you know we have um Isidorus on our team who runs the security team at digital shadows he's in Greece, so we've really had to uh you know, have a very strong relationship remotely. this is going to be new to a lot of organizations, so I think talking to your team members, checking in the first conversation should be like a health and welfare check. How are they doing? How's their family members doing? Is there anything that they need? How's their stress level and things like that I think we we had a company all hands today, and uh, al Alistair, our CEO, was giving some examples of ways that people within digital shadows had collaborated um, we had people that were uh, bringing laptops to other people in, in other parts of the UK. Uh, here in the Dallas uh, office, we've all shared our contact information, where we live. We're all willing to bring toilet paper, food, sanitizer, whatever it is that we had. I, I think there's a real opportunity both for us in our businesses, but in our neighborhoods, to have a stronger sense of community because I really feel like we're going to have to to lean on each other to make it through what is going to be for many of us probably some of the most challenging times that we've experienced in our lives to date. So that will do it for us for this episode. Uh, Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Alex, for joining.
0: Um, So we have set up a page on our resources center uh, that we'll drop a link to in the show notes. And that's where you can find uh, any of the blogs that we talked about today, as well as any of the ongoing stuff that we'll be publishing over the next few weeks. Um, So be sure to check that out. So thank you, guests. And we will talk to you all later.
2: Stay safe.